Welcome to Soccer Morning. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Here we go. Soccer Morning is on the air on Thursday right here on Backheel.com. Thank you very much for jumping on and listening to the program today. Being told I'm on the air, which means uh, it's ready, it's go time. We've got a lot to cover. Lots of news. Definitely going to dive in into the news here very quickly, but let me set up two very excellent guests today. We have Wes Burdine from North uh, Northern Pitch, the website up in Minnesota, who's going to come on and talk to us about some news regarding Minnesota United and their name and whether or not MLS is getting a little precious with some of the names that are coming into the league very, very soon. We're also going to talk to our friend David Emoyel about Italian football today, so you're going to be, uh, want to, to stick around for both of those conversations. All right. We are, okay, so Wes Burdon coming up very soon, then David Emoyel, then your phone calls. So we're packing it all in on a Thursday, and it's a good thing, too, because let me take this opportunity to let you know that we will not be on the air tomorrow on Friday, taking a, a little bit of a trip. I'll be back on Monday, uh, so very just a very brief interruption in the show schedule. Prepare yourself. If you if there's a show you missed, this is what you do, by the way. If if we're ever not on the air, if there's a show you missed from the within the last, I don't know, couple of weeks, go back and listen to that one. They're all available on iTunes via podcast. You can go back and check out a show you missed or an interview you missed. Some of this stuff does, you know, it doesn't keep because it's all about things that are currently happening, but occasionally, occasionally, I think that. Um, uh, some of this stuff can uh, can be kept for a couple of weeks and still make sense. All right, let's 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 dive into the news. Here we go before we get Wes on the air. Champions League results yesterday. Real Madrid goes to Rome and takes a 2-0 lead over Roma in that uh, round of 16 tie. Goals from Ronaldo and Jesse. And uh, guess what? This is pretty much done and dusted. Real Madrid taking a two-goal lead back to uh, Madrid is uh, pretty unassailable for for Roma, we're going to talk to David Emoyal about what Roma does, licking their wounds after that match. Wolfsburg gets a 2-3 away win at Ghent. Had to, to uh, fight off a furious rally by the Belgian side in order to maintain their advantage. Two, two go, or sorry, three goals away for Wolfsburg, and you would think that that's pretty much done as well, uh, but certainly a high-scoring affair there uh, in Belgium. Barcelona extend their record to 31 games uh, in well, unbeaten with a 3-1 win over Sporting Gijón yesterday. Uh, but Lionel Messi scoring his 300 and 301st La Liga goals in the win. Luis Suarez scored his 40th goal on the season, 4-0 for uh, Luis Suarez. I believe he is the leading goal scorer in uh, in all of Europe at the moment. Uh, Barcelona also extends their league. Their lead, excuse me, in the title race in La Liga to six points over, over Atletico Madrid, uh, which is looking pretty like, uh, pretty much like, uh, Barcelona's got this one in the bag. Now it's all about the champion. Well, not now. They got to finish it out, but Champions League and, uh, Copa del Rey still there for them as well. The pots for the Copa America Centenario tournament set to be held in the United States this summer are set. We already knew that the USA, Brazil, Mexico, and Argentina were the pot one teams. Um, here's your, Pots two, three, two, two through four, excuse me, in pot two. Uh, Comfortable teams of higher uh, rankings. Colombia, Chile, Ecuador, Uruguay. Pot three, the qualifying CONCACAF teams. Costa Rica, Haiti, Jamaica, Panama. And, uh, and pot four, the, the bottom four in Comfortable, Bolivia, Paraguay, Peru, and Venezuela. So you got the draw coming up on Sunday night at 730 
p.m. Eastern in New York. Uh, we've got the United States looking at probably a difficult draw. If you were really, 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 really hoping for a decent draw for the United States, you're probably hoping for Ecuador out of pot two, Haiti uh, out of pot three, and probably Venezuela out of pot four. That would be the best possible draw for the United States. Unlikely to happen, of course, but let's all cross our fingers. The Seattle Sounders uh, forward Obafemi Martins confirmed his move to Shanghai Greenland Shinwa of the Chinese Super League last night via Twitter. He posted a, a very nice message thanking the fans of Seattle as he uh, as he exits for the money in China. And, and you know what? Get get the money, Oba. It's cool. We understand. I'm sure the Seattle Sounders fans are um, trying to recover today and uh, assess what their team has available to help uh, replace Obafemi Martins. He did score. Uh, 40 goals in 72 appearances for Seattle in three seasons. I mean, that's um, as MLS records go, as MLS uh, scoring uh, s- scoring um, resumes go, that is pretty strong. He scored uh, 15 goals in 2015, 17 goals in 2014, and in 20 games, eight goals uh, in 2013. So, well, Martin's no longer a Seattle Sounder moving on to China, where everybody's going these days because they got some cash. Europa League round of 32 matches. They're happening today. Mitchelland of Denmark hosting Manchester United. No Wayne Rooney. You know that, by the way. The prognosis on Rooney is a couple of months right now. So that's a big blow to... De- well, lots of jokes out there. Whether or not it's a blow to, to Manchester United may be in the eye of the beholder. We'll see how Louis van Hall responds to that news. Defending champions Sevilla are taking on Molda. Valencia against Rapid Vienna, Galatasaray facing Lazio, Marseille versus Athletic Bilbao in a decent matchup, Fiorentina and Tottenham, that's a big one, of course, uh, Spurs chasing a title in the Premier League in addition to uh, to, to uh, trying to find a way to also get some European glory um, under their belts, and Augsburg for, uh, hosting Liverpool today. As well, there's a bunch of other games on the schedule. Porto, uh, Dortmund and Porto, which I definitely did not mean to leave uh, leave off. Dortmund hosting the Portuguese side. Uh, Sport of Prague versus Krasnodar. Sporting of uh, Portugal versus Bayer Leverkusen as well. So lots of games coming up uh, uh, in the Europa League round of 32. All right, here we go. We are getting ready. Wes Burdine is going to join us to talk about uh, this forced name change that's likely coming or at least reported to be coming for minnesota united as they become an mls team in 2017 what this might mean for the brand of the of minnesota united and uh, certainly what it says about mls and the, the way we name our teams here in the united states of america following that our friend david Moyal will join us to talk a little italian football because you you know we always do italy all right let's take a break we'll come back West Burdine from the Northern Pitch. Don't go anywhere. Soccer Morning, Backhill.com.
Welcome to Soccer Morning. Here's your host, Jason Davis. All right, we are back on Soccer Morning here on Backhill.com. Very happy to have back on the show. Uh, from northernpitch.com, Wes Burdine, uh, who covers, well, covers things out of Minnesota, many different things. In this case, we're talking about Minnesota United, the soon-to-be christened MLS team. Well, I don't know what they're going to be christened yet. Wes, how are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, we got to know what the christening name is. That's yes. the problem, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, let me just set the stage here, and then I'm going to let you uh, dive straight in on your thoughts, and and, and, and this from a Minnesota perspective. Uh, the report from from Sports Illustrated um, is that uh, that MLS, despite the fact that uh, there is already a DC United in the league, uh, and Minnesota United was carrying that name when they were announced as a potential expansion franchise, and Atlanta United decided to name themselves that is pushing Minnesota to change their name. What's uh, what's your reaction to this news, Wes? Well, we, we we kind of knew that this was going to be a problem for a long time. Um, we knew that, that this was kind of the last sticking point to uh, to in terms of the branding. They MLS accepted the uh, logo and the colors and everything else, um, and this was the last point. Part of me just believed that MLS wouldn't be so stupid uh, as to kind of make this uh, decision, but it, it turns out it looks like they are going to be that stupid. Um, it, and just to, to set the stage, you know, uh, I'm forgetting the exact date that Atlanta was announced as the next MLS franchise, but last March, March 25th, is when Minnesota United was announced as, you know, the backdrop said, Welcome Minnesota United FC. And they were the next, after Atlanta, going to be the next franchise, both of them looking to enter in 2017. And then three months later, on July 7th, Atlanta announced that it's Atlanta United. So it, it, it looks like it's one of those MLS weird discovery claim things where uh, <laughs> even though Minnesota United was named United first, Atlanta called Shotgun first and... Now they get the name. Yeah, yeah, look, okay, so the timeline, I don't think the timeline matters, to, to be honest with you. I, I think that is a, uh, you know, it, 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 I, I suppose if you want to be upset on, the, on behalf of Minnesota United, or if you're a Minnesota U, United fan and you're angry about this news, sure, cl you know, talk about how they've been called that and they had the name first and Atlanta United was, isn't even a team that's on the field yet. But really, it to to me, as you said, the league already knew that Minnesota was called United. They had already welcomed United into the league that way. If it was a problem, why is two a problem, or why is three a problem and not two? I guess that's part of this as well. Yeah, and it seems like it's really um, all comes down to Arthur Blank and Don Garber, and Arthur Blank uh, convincing Don Garber that. Uh, having two Uniteds enter at the same time would be too confusing. Um, and, and so, you know, you and, and your, your listeners, viewers can, can take a moment and think about the absolute stupidity of that. You know, like people won't be able to recognize the difference between a blue, gray and black loon. Well, and, but not even that, so, uh, well, not even that Wes. Yeah. And, and I'm going to get a little riled up here. Cause I, I went on a rant yesterday on my satellite show about the, the names that we're choosing for these teams, and I'm not necessarily hating on Minnesota United or even Atlanta United in, in this case. I, I'm not a fan of trading on English traditions, but whatever. If you're doing it, then you should recognize that there are lots of Uniteds in the world, and why would it suddenly be a... It, it's only because of the timing of both coming at the, into the league at the same time. That's it. Yeah, I mean, and that's it, yeah. And 
and, and what, what, you know, the, the piece that I wrote yesterday for Northern Pitch, Major League Face Palm, I, I, it was really about how if MLS really wants this to be a success in Minnesota, they want, uh, they want a new franchise to just like blow people away. They're completely handicapping and going, doing the exact opposite of what they want. Because what you have now is you have Minnesota United. They're still going to play all year in Minnesota United gear. They're still going to be selling tickets for MLS in Minnesota United gear. Every article, every, you know, they're going to do stadium rendering soon, and it's going to be under the banner Minnesota United. And then all of a sudden, they're going to have a new name. And, I mean, how is that possibly, give like, a good plan for a new franchise. It's, it just baffles my brain. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of weird things here. Um, and again, if it comes down, the, 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 the troubling part, the, the part that, that I think is, um, most offensive to soccer fans is the notion that, that Arthur Blank, who by all rights or, or by all, um, you know, reasonable, uh, assessments has been a, a pretty good, you know, MLS owner in the very short time he's been involved in the league. And, and seems like he's committed to his project. If he's just unilaterally saying, no, you can't have them named United if we're named United. When again, Minnesota had the name already and has a real team. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that's the part that bothers. I mean, that, that, that's certainly not going to rub fans the right, the right way. Now, Wes, the, 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 one of the arguments I've seen levied, um, against sort of getting up in arms about this is that, hey, Minnesota United hasn't been using the name that long uh, anyway. I mean, in, in, you know, previously the Thunder, previously the or previously sure. the Stars, previously the Thunder. You know, yeah. oh, come on, Minnesota fans, that kind of attitude. Well, and, and really, it's it's not really about the name. I mean, there's some new fans who are really tied to to the United name. It's more about in the past we've seen so much upheaval, and there's been in the last decade. We this is this will be the fifth name. If you're trying to, if you're MLS and you're trying to indicate that this is something new and you're you're moving forward and you've got this, you know, new future, all you're doing now is you're taking the exact same ownership, forcing them to change again. So you're making all these casual fans, people who know there's kind of a team, you're just making them think that you're just another fly-by-night. So it's another name change. So why should they care about this soccer team if it's going to be changing again? So you're having the exact opposite effect that you want, which is you want to indicate, MLS wants to indicate, this is a new professionalism, this is a new era, and all you're doing is saying, no, you're just part of one of these shysters who, you know, like Dean Johnson, who left the Minnesota Thunder uh, bankrupt. It, it, it's, it's idiotic. There's, no, there's really no sense to it, and it just makes... Don Garber and the whole board of governors look like they have absolutely no plan. Yeah, yeah. It, it, this, again, this has not been sprung on the league. This is, and, and maybe, maybe to you know, to give the league the benefit of the doubt, Wes. Maybe the league didn't see this as a problem. Maybe in the spirit of of the way soccer uh, uh, operates around the world, with the, the name United being so ubiquitous, maybe they figured, hey, no problem here. Especially since. They let they allowed Atlanta United to go with United despite the existence of DC, and 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 they probably thought, okay, well, Minnesota United's got their name and their brand, and it's a really great brand, and we'll come to that in a second. This isn't a problem until Arthur Blank picked up the phone. Yeah, well, yeah, and I, I'm I don't know at what stage Arthur Blank started insisting. Um, it, I I don't know, but but if if you if. If the name Atlanta United didn't wasn't 
complete or announced until July. And everyone knew that Minnesota United was going to be the next franchise. I mean, how that, how no one put those two things together and thought, oh, we should actually deal with this before you announce the name Atlanta United. I don't know. I mean, it, it, to me, that just, just, are, are, are there different people in charge of different things at, uh, at, at MLS headquarters? I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, uh, I've seen this, you know, not, not compared directly, but sort of the, the count. Oh, we've got so many FCs and we've got so many Uniteds and, yeah. uh, you know, and, and again, there are some names that are common to soccer. I think FC is probably, you know, that's an appendage. That's the, the description of what you are, not necessarily your name. So I think those things are very different. Uh, but there is something to be said for, um, you know, for, for that, that, that cultural element. Now, when it comes to the brand, people love, what Minnesota United has done as Minnesota United with the loon on the bat. No, none of that necessarily has to change. And in fact, it's in the story. It's in, it's, it's out there. It says, well, we could just change, you know, they can just change the logo and take the United part off and, and no big deal. Well, you, you know, it almost, it looks like it'll probably just become something like Minnesota SC and you'll keep the, keep the logo, et cetera. But, when when Minnesota United was announced, uh, and Dr. Bill McGuire bought the team, he changed the name. It was kind of a triumphal thing, right? You're, you're kind of it's a positive news story, which is that hey, look, we are something new here. And you got a lot of, I mean, the press conference where they announced it, there was a ton of people there, a row of TV cameras that we'd never seen at a press conference before for for the soccer team. When you do this now, though. What is the narrative you're trying to sell? I mean, so now you've got to call up all these journalists, you've got to set, set, call up all your partners and everything, and you're just being like, yeah, sorry. I mean, what do you, you just look like jackasses, and you, you make the team look like jackasses, you make the league look like jackasses. There's no positive spin to this, right? And so, so now you're just going to have the same logo, but yeah, it, the only association is, man, this is a stupid Mickey Mouse league. So just no one apparently has thought this through, <laughs> except for us. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'll be interested to see how the league responds to this news. I mean, this is not an officially announced thing yet, you know? And, and, no, and, no. And, and I don't know that you – have you talked to anybody, been able to get anybody at Minnesota United to, to answer questions about, about this report? Uh, they won't. I mean, they won't talk anywhere near the record about it. Um, so, so no, not really. I mean, I have a vague sense of how things are going, and I think Brian Strauss has a has a pretty good. Uh, he wrote the article for Sports Illustrated yesterday. He has a pretty good uh, finger on the pulse, and and the impression I got from Brian, uh, you know, is that this is kind of. It looks pretty likely that uh, Don Garber is not going to uh, relink or uh, relent. Well, again, I, I think that, and again, we can put it on Gar- we can put it at Garber's feet because he's the commissioner and he's ultimately leading the league. But, but again, I think this is this is the, this is the, the the dynamic here is clearly you know blank and, and Atlanta United making a stink over it, which. Which leads me into the, yeah. to the, to the, you know, I had somebody who's not a Minnesota United fan say to me on Twitter yesterday, Wes, but oh, another team that we get to hate. Yay. I'm excited about this. We're going to hate Atlanta United because of what they did to Minnesota. But it also creates a pretty interesting rivalry dynamic between Atlanta and Minnesota if this thing happens. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> sure. But, but it, I mean, 
I guess it's not, not like a fun rivalry. Though. <laughs> oh, we've got that's... we've got fun rivalries with other teams. It's, okay, it's sure. more just a uh, uh, yeah. I mean, they've already killed the Atlanta Silverbacks. So, so as someone pointed out, they've, <laughs> they've now killed. They're going to kill two teams in in one season. Uh, so, well, you might you might argue that Boris killed the the Atlanta Silverbacks, but we'll come with that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a true. Diff, it was a, at least they got an assist. Okay, so. all, right, all, right, all right, an accessory to <laughs> accessory after the fact. Uh, all, right, all right, Wes. One of the other things that's that's hanging over Minnesota, whatever's head is where they're going to play if they enter the league in 2017, yeah. and, and the stadium is obviously only going to be in, in process at that point. Um, Brian's report also included some news on that front where it looks like it's going to be um, uh, the University of Minnesota's football stadium, whose name I forget right now, corporate branding, or or target sure, yeah. target field of the Twins, and they're going to go with the football stadium. Any particular reason? Um, it, it's closer to it's, – it's basically – five light rail stops away from where their new stadium is going to be. Um, it's, it's central. Uh, it also, you know, even though it's turf, it's still set up around a pitch the way, you know, unlike a baseball stadium, you know, so you can still sell tickets and have people be in the same type of relationship or, or you know, um, to the pitch, you know, they're not kind of in these outfield seats looking weirdly at a, field far away. So I get that. I think that's the, um, the idea. The other thing is that uh, if you look at the twin schedule, um, you know, you'd have the first year where you just have a lot of weird weekday games, I think. And so by doing this, they get to, to have a good schedule and, and play weekend games. They kind of get their pick because they're not going to be really competing with a professional baseball team who play 30, 300 games a year or something like that. Yeah, Wes, I, you know, this is interesting because uh, obviously the, the new stadium for Minnesota, again, United, we're just going to go with that for now, uh, is <laughs> not going to be ready till 2018. We've already heard that um, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, whatever the heck that thing's called in Atlanta, is going to be delayed, and, and Atlanta United won't be able to play in that stadium to open up their existence. So you have the two teams that are coming in together in 2017, having to play in alternative venues and or be on the road for a very long time. And, and it, it makes you wonder, why not push both teams' launches back to 2018? But I guess from a Minnesota perspective, they simply don't want to do that. Well, for both for both Atlanta and Minnesota, you can understand they're, they're putting up all this money right now and at some point you need to see some money come back in and the you know the whole going to MLS the the promise is it's not riches but at least it's a lot more revenue than NESL and you know they, they need to start recouping some of this or seeing some of this more money come in um and so going uh, going that long without uh kind of getting some return is difficult for these for these investors and uh, you know also it, there's only so much you can do keeping hype going i mean right, yeah. atlanta have been announced they were announced in 2015 and they've been trying to sell season tickets and people just bought season tickets and now they're sitting around for two years waiting for for soccer so i i understand and and stadiums are always they're they're never going to be on time so (laughs) it's just a fact of life Yeah, sure orlando city's got delayed again or or recently fairly recently got delayed they're going to be in the citrus bowl obviously for some time uh so yeah of course and and they'll get there eventually um you know give me a sense i mean I, i think because we because the the focus has moved on to Beckham's travails in uh, Miami uh, to LA, yeah. LAFC and with some of their announcements, 
people have sort of, uh, the spotlights come off of Minnesota and their stadium situation, but is, is everything wrapped up? I mean, is everything done? Are we ready to go shovels yeah. in the ground? Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll say the fantastic thing about Minnesota is that the spotlight has never really been on us. So people, I think, are really, <laughs> they have no idea what they're going to see in 2017, which is exciting for us. Um, but the stadium, yeah, the stadium needs a couple little stamps. They need the legislature uh, when they come back, I think, in March to kind of approve some uh, some land deals. But, yeah, it, it's going full speed ahead. I think that sometime soon, we've heard in, before the end of February, we're going to see stadium renderings. And from what from the way Dr. Bill McGuire talks about what he wants to see in the stadium, uh, you know, he, he keeps saying things like, uh, you know, I don't want to release any stadium renderings early because I want to make sure that what we build is what, what we show people is wow. what we build. And he's also talks about, you know, uh, clean, clean, finding a way to use solar in it and finding a way to incorporate the bike paths coming to it. I mean, he's for, for a guy like for a progressive guy like me, I mean, he's, he's just like throwing, you know, fish to, to me, <laughs> like a seal clapping my hand. So, yeah. So we're pretty excited about it to hear it in the next couple of weeks. All of that stuff sounds 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 really great. Um, I, I it is refreshing to hear somebody say, "Hey, we don't want to release renderings ahead of time in case that the plans change." I mean, we just went through a situation where DC United's latest renderings look yeah. nothing like their original plans, and they were they were obviously selling the idea of that project. But with the budget, it had to come back. The budget's going to stay consistent for this stadium, and and it, with the the, the notion of incorporating it into the community and the bike pass and everything else. One of the things I, I saw him say was no, um, what, what are they called? Uh, the, the skyways or the, 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 the oh, yeah, skyways. Right. Right. Why, why is that a thing uh, yeah. in Minnesota, Wes? Explain it to us people who live yeah. down here. <laughs> well, both of the downtowns of Minneapolis and St. Paul, you can walk through, and even actually most of the university of Minnesota, you can walk through without having to go out outside. There's these kind of, uh, complex pathways of on the second floor, uh, these little, uh, you know, covered bridges that, that uh, pass between most buildings. And the idea is that, so you're not just building a stadium uh, in, in this area, but they're also, they bought the land uh, connected to it north of it um, so that they could build a park, maybe a hotel, a bunch of things. And, and they want it to be um, not just a block uh, of, retail or something but they want it to be to have little roads and have it be you know a little bit of a not a neighborhood but kind of put several streets going through it and the idea is that they did they wanted it to be to have people out on the streets they didn't want to kind of bring people up in the skyway so really that was all kind of that was dr bill mcguire talking to minnesotans saying Here's what we're going to do. We want to do this new thing rather than this old way that we used to think about skyways. So, okay, okay. I, I don't think at any point anyone was really considering skyways, but it's just one of the ways that Minnesotans have thought about development, which is to try to um, encourage moving around by not letting you go out or by having you be able to stay inside. It, it just am I am I wrong to to imagine that skyways are a thing because the winter sucks? Is that is that basically what it is? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's completely it. Yeah, yeah. All right. It's, it's it, I mean because you know a couple of weeks ago it was negative ten degrees. That, that that's precisely it. 
that you live on a different planet, Wes. All right. Um, yeah. One of the other developments here that, again, didn't get a whole lot of run because we got this name change sure. issue in, in the stadium is the uh, the word that, that the team's going to be able to bring up a, a bunch of their guys from NASL if they want to, um, that there's going to be a mechanism that allows them to avoid the whole releasing them and having to get into, you know, uh, the, the rights issues that come right. with MLS. Uh, just talk about what that means for the team and, and you know, certainly uh, continuity. Yeah, sure. Brian Corstead, uh, one of the other editors at Northern Pitch, uh, wrote a great piece last week uh, talking about how, you know, he had kind of come on this news and broke this news that um, normally what would happen is, you know, if Minnesota has someone like Christian Ramirez, their striker, and they want to bring him to MLS, they would have to put a claim on him and use one of their, I think, eight, and I'm going from memory here, so I may get this slightly wrong, but one of their eight to bring him in to MLS. But now uh, what MLS is saying is they don't have to do it that way. You can bring in whoever you want on, on this kind of extended, on the, who's ever on long-term contracts. You can do that, and there will be no discovery claims from other teams on your players. Um, and, and this, I think for, for some people watching, there's been rumors that there wouldn't be an expansion draft next year. <clears throat> and this kind of gave, gave a little bit of insight that, that perhaps there won't be. And, and the reasoning is that, um, usually your team, uh, coming into MLS would be composed from expansion draft, um, those eight players that you get to bring in, et cetera. There's kind of a, it's broken down, um, and if you allow them to bring in a lot more people into MLS, then you don't really need this expansion draft, which, to be honest, isn't that. I mean, NYCFC can tell you it's not really that helpful anyway. Right, right. And so that, that's pretty big news, and especially because I think that it makes uh, the other teams in MLS not have to give up these players. It doesn't dilute the pool. And um, MLS, or Minnesota United can find better players elsewhere um and bring them into the league and, and make the league better yeah it, it, it you know it, it's kind of ironic uh that they may be able to have again have this continuity this is going to make it feel again of course the the legal entity is going to change based on the the structure of the league and and the ownership uh situation that, that really the fans shouldn't have to worry themselves with Wes. but this is going yeah. to give that sense of continuity between the currently existing team and the MLS team, except, oh, yeah, we got to change the name. Right. Yeah, and for people watching this here, you know, you, you've got um, – we know that our, our two fullbacks are going to be pro- almost certainly they're, – they're on long-term contracts going to MLS. And you, you just – you have um, MLS players like Ben Spees, Danny Cruz, and Bernardo Anyar. Well, Anyar is on loan, but Spees and Cruz, who've just joined the team – and you would think that this is an audition to bring them into to MLS. Um, and so that'll be, it'll be great to have, you know, next year not see a completely different first 11 um, and to have, have them start building towards something so that when they start next year, they're not starting putting, you know, players who don't know each other on the field so that they're kind of, uh, they have some momentum. Uh, if you're, by the way, if you're looking for um, all of the updates, all of the the commentary on, on Minnesota United and the the name change, and obviously any stadium updates, make sure you check out northernpitch.com, where Wes um, is an editor alongside Brian Korstad, who we mentioned, who we've had many times 
on the show over the years. Um, Wes here, let's let's just sort of take stock of what um, a, a, an expansion team coming into MLS needs to do. One of the things that people talk about alongside the stadium and putting together a senior level roster, hiring a coach, if you're going to do that, if that's a necessary uh, thing, is the academy situation. How does the, first of all, um, how is the youth soccer scene in Minnesota in terms of the talent level, and then how does Minnesota United go about maximizing that? Um, well, it certainly isn't Southern California. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of things kind of going against Minnesota. There's two existing developmental academies uh, in the Minnesota Thunder Academy, which used to be associated with the Minnesota Thunder, our, our former professional team, and then Shattuck St. Mary's, which is where um, Teal Bunbury came out of. Um, Minnesota Thunder Academy has produced players like um, Mikwele Akale, who is at Villarreal and is uh, going to be amazing. Uh, he's going to be he's touted to be one of the best American players. Um, you've got players like Jackson Ewell, who's in college at UCLA, I think somewhere in Southern California. And he, people rave about him as a central midfielder. Uh, so you have, you have some gems, uh, coming out of our academies existing. Um, it, it's not, it's, it certainly is. It, it's not like Mr. Pennsylvania or Hershey, Pennsylvania, bringing out all these players, but, um, we just we have to figure out, and we all soccer fans here need to figure out what's the relationship going to be between Minnesota United and either the Thunder Academy or Shattuck St. Mary's. <clears throat> and I know that there's ongoing conversations with those academies to figure out if there will be some sort of affiliation. Um, and I imagine in the next year or so those will get uh, hammered out, especially because. Minnesota uh, United would certainly like to claim someone like Jackson Ewell as a homegrown player once they associate with Minnesota Thunder or something like that. So there, there is there is a pipeline. Minnesota has a very high um, soccer participation rate among youth compared to you know their when you take into consideration their uh, the, the population of the state. So. It, it's there, but you know, it, it's just there aren't. There's no uh, Division One uh, men's college team, for example, um, and so there's certain things going against it that Minnesota just have to. Minnesota United has to uh, you know, develop. They've got to build themselves. All right, uh, we're talking to Wes Burdon from NorthernPitch.com. Uh, MN Nice FC on Twitter. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, Wes, last thing here. If you had to guess, if just you know, obviously without actually talking to the team, without confirmation that this is happening, but 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 a solid report from a good reporter in Brian Strauss. What would you expect Minnesota United to do about their name? I'd expect them to uh, change it to Minnesota Soccer Club and uh, just and bang their heads against the wall and then go cry. All right, there you go. Wes Burdon from Northern Pitch joining us here on Soccer Morning on a Thursday. Appreciate the time, Wes. Thank you very much, and uh, hopefully we, we'll be in touch soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. There Take goes uh, Wes Burdon. Good stuff from him. We will step aside. We'll shift gears and talk Italian football calcio with our good friend David M. Moyel. Don't go anywhere. Soccer Morning. Backheel.com.
Welcome to Soccer Morning. Here's your host, Jason David. Here we go, Soccer Morning. We're back. Uh, we have on the line our good frih David Moyel from JohnLucaDemarzio.com. Uh, he's going to talk about Italian football, as he usually does. Calcio, soccer, whatever you want to call it. David, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Jason. Uh, thanks for coming back. All right, so, David, let's, uh, let's start with the Champions League. Obviously, uh, a couple of Italian teams left in this competition, round of 16. Uh, we know Juve is a defending finalist, and we'll come to them momentarily. But Roma in this competition, hosting Real Madrid. Look, this is... This was always going to be very, very difficult uh, for Roma, and ultimately they fall uh, two goals to none at home. It's, it, I, I want to say it's over. David, is it over? Yeah, I, I, would, I would say so. Odds are it is over, but yeah, I thought Roma played pretty well overall. Uh, well, obviously, uh, you know, a couple of goals uh, from Real Madrid on the road changes everything and makes it very difficult for Roma going back into that second leg. In, in terms, if it is over, and, and we can imagine it's going to be difficult at the Bernabeu, how, how would you rate Roma's performance in the Champions League going out in the round of 16? Well, uh, they were pretty lucky to get out of their group. Um, I think they were one of the teams, one of the only teams to leave with such a low point total. I think only another team had left. They had lost some big games and struggled in others, but... Uh, They got through. They were rewarded with a home match against Real Madrid. They, for once, got a big uh, gate receipt. They had over 50,000 people there. They made over 3 million euro for the match, which, you know, is really good. You know, Roma really needs that extra revenue getting out of the group stage help in that as well. Uh, Real Madrid was always going to be a tough draw for them, uh, especially Ronaldo has really had their number. He scored four goals in five games against them in his career. So he's done well uh, there. I thought they played pretty well. Um, Roma was helped with the coaching change that they made, uh, bringing, bringing back Spalletti. Uh, he, I think, has really changed the dynamic of the team. He's used a lot of different formations and tried to change things up on the previous coach. Uh, Garcia was very rigid. So even if they go out and that seems to be the case, Um, I think, you know, it might help them try to qualify for next season's Champions League because they're in a tough battle for third place in yeah. Serie A. And as long as they don't lose, you know, in horrific fashion at the Bernabeu, kind of how we saw in years past against Bayern or Barcelona, and then that really kind of helps their confidence. Unless it's a disastrous loss there, I think in a way it might help the rest of their season if they lose after this stage. Well, I mean, it's sort of an odd. The way that the two, uh, the two European competitions intersect is odd, David, in the, in the fact that if you go out, you know, if you go out in the group stage as the third-place team, you drop down into the Europa League. We're obviously seeing that uh, with, with a couple of teams, Manchester United playing to, you know, a lot of the games today in the round of 32. Yeah. And yet, here's Roma. They make it to the round of 16 uh, in in the in the uh, the bigger competition, and they're not going to be going into the Europa. It is you know, as you said, maybe you know, going out of this competition at this point helps them with their charge to try to get back into the Champions League next year yeah. and get to third place. But is it kind of disappointing that they won't have a chance to go in and get some European hardware in that other competition? Um, you know, to me, it's always, it's really a balance. You know, it's very interesting. Annapolis president last season said that, you know, if you go straight into the Europa League, so you haven't qualified for the Champions League, and you go straight to the Europa League, you have one mindset of trying to win it. And the Europa League, you yeah. know, with the benefit of that is if you win the Europa League, you go back to the Champions League. On the other hand, you know, if you're coming out 
of the Champions League group stage, you've at least already made the revenue from that. And then you go into Europa League, and then it really depends where you're at in your league season. I think, you know, for some clubs, you know, what's appealing about the Europa League is if you win it, you get the Champions League uh, next season. But at least Roma, you know, I really can't stress enough that over $3 million they made yesterday just in gate receipt uh, for that match against Real Madrid. So I think all things considered, uh, things went pretty well for Roma. I don't think they were a team that had a chance of winning the Champions League. Yeah. So if they go out this round and can still focus on Serie A, that wouldn't be yeah. too bad. Obviously a project there at, at Roma trying to build themselves up where they can compete with a Juventus, who's obviously top of the table right now, a point up on Napoli, thanks to a, a big win on the weekend. Uh, before I come to that and the, and the state of the league and the fight for third place and that last Champions League spot, um, let's talk about Juventus. Um, they've got an incredibly difficult challenge as well, David. Yeah. Well, yeah, they faced Bayern Munich, and, you know, when they did the draw, I really felt Juve had a really good chance against every team other than Barca and Bayern Munich. The silver lining for Juve facing Bayern is they have a lot of injuries. Like, their defense is really ravaged by injuries. Uh, all their starting center backs are out. So Juve could capitalize on this. Now, Juve isn't incredibly healthy either. Uh, Chiellini right. and Alexandro might miss the match. And Zukic is in 100% healthy, and I think he would have been very valuable since he also used to play for Bayern. Uh, I think too, what helps Juve is their coach, Allegri, has a good track record against Guardiola in the Champions League. So considering all the injuries, uh, I still think Bayern's the favorite, but I think it's closer now than we would have said a few months ago. Well, I mean, what does, you know, what, what, what kind of... You know what kind of result is going to do here um, in order for there to be any chance at all after the first leg? Well, I think they can't give up a home goal. That would be really disastrous. I think, you know, Juve has a lot of players peaking at the right time. It's not surprising that Pogba's been starting to play a lot better since they've been on this 15-game win streak in Serie A. Dybala got off a pretty good start of the season. He turned out to be really sensational recently. Uh, at least they have a healthy Kadira. He was in jeopardy of missing this match, and he's really, really valuable to Juve. You know, he's definitely not a player you can count on to play a ton of matches, but when he does, boy, does he make a difference. I actually think when he plays, he's better than what we saw from Vidal last season. And interesting, you know, Vidal, who's now playing for Bayern, he's been somewhat of a bust for them. So and I think Juve is also going to be energized to prove to their fans that selling Vidal was the right thing to do. And so I think that's going to give them even more motivation. But on Tuesday, I think, you know, if they win 1-0 or it's even just 0-0 and they go play it in Munich, I think they just need to avoid giving up that road goal. All right, so there it is. I mean, it, that's obviously a difficult challenge for Allegri to, to lock things down at home because you, when you're at home, you want to push forward, you want to get the goals yeah. that you're going to need in the away leg. So clearly a difficult balance. Oh, absolutely. I think, though, Juve has shown that they really are a mentally tough team. Uh, they've played some big games on the road last season in the Champions League. So I don't think it's a huge factor. Uh, they do have a pretty good home field advantage at Juventus Stadium. Um, but, you know, I trust that even if it finishes 0-0 on Tuesday or they win with a small margin, they would still have a fighting chance in that unit. So there you go. Uh, by the way... <laughs> 
with with all of the the, the San Siro and all of the the great European stadium <laughs> names, for it to be Juventus Stadium is kind of disappointing <laughs> a little, David. I mean, well, I'm, go ahead. Yeah, they were they for a while they've been thinking of getting a sponsor uh, to to name the stadium. They haven't found anyone to meet their price. So yeah, I agree. It's not the most exciting name. Their previous stadium was called the Alpi because it was close to the Alpi Mountains there. Uh, but at least the new stadium is much, much better than what they've had. I was there recently. It's, it's, I would say, pretty much the only stadium in Italy that I would say is really to the level of what you see in England and yeah, Germany. Yeah, and, and, and you and I have had many talks about how Italy catches up on that front, whether they ever will. Obviously, Roma's got their project that they want to build a new stadium. All of these things are, are trying, you know, Italy is in order to keep up with the rest of Europe, certainly Germany, England, Spain needs to be on that level. All right. So Juventus is, you know, a difficult challenge in the Champions League, uh, coming up next week as they, as they host Bayern Munich, but they also have obviously a difficult challenge in, in the, in Syria as well. Up one point on Napoli, uh, a, a, a win over Napoli last weekend gives them that, that, uh, that lead. Are they going to be able to hang on to it? Um, I would say Juve is the favorite to win Serie A, regardless of if they get past the round against Bayern or not. Uh, they've been really on a great run. They've won 15 in a row. I think Napoli is a really, really good team. Uh, they're just not used to being at the top and winning. Like uh, Allegri has been there. He already has two Serie A titles. He's coached in the Champions League. Napoli has an excellent coach in Sarri, but... The game against Juve was really the biggest game of his career so far. He had never coached uh, something on that level. And I think in Italy, you know, the tactics, managing the media, managing uh, all the expectations and the drama surrounding Italian football, having a coach that's used to winning uh, gives Juve an edge. So um, I think, you know, Napoli is far from out of it. A lot of people said, there you go, Juve won. They have the Scudetta, not counting Napoli out with the way Dwayne and in senior playing, but I would say Juve is the favorite to win. Okay, uh, the yeah, there you go. Juve with that win over over Napoli. Obviously, um, right behind them, uh, you have uh, Fiorentina on. A, well, not right behind them, seven points back. So there's a gap there. Yeah. It's, it's really going to come down to Napoli and Juventus. We we know that, uh, but but you do have Napoli, Fiorentina, Lazio in the Europa League. And in fact, I, I went over some of those games that are coming up today. You've got uh, Fiorentina hosting Tottenham. Um, you have uh, Napoli uh, away to Villarreal, Lazio away to Galatasaray. Am I missing anybody else? Um, I don't. I think uh, that's, that's everybody. Yeah, I right? think that's it. I think the I think Fiorentina Tottenham should be a really good game. Though the Fiorentina plays a very attractive style. Uh, they have some intriguing players. Their new coach Paolo Souza has done great uh, work. So if anyone's interested in watching any of those games, I would uh, suggest Fiorentina Tottenham because even Spurs are playing really well. Right well, I, as you as we've already said, that the the winner of this tournament gets a, an automatic bid to the Champions League next year, regardless of where they finish in their own competition. Fiorentina, you know, obviously trying to hold off uh, Roma for third place. They're, they're, they 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 want to go win this thing. I'm sure. Lazio can can find their way into the Champions League if they if they manage to win it somehow. Napoli's trying to fight on both fronts. Um, how important is it with with big clubs left in this in this tournament? Uh, David, Manchester United, Dortmund, Liverpool, yeah. Marseille. I mean, all of these clubs are going to want to get themselves not only the hardware, the silverware, excuse me, but also the spot in the Champions League next year. 
Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, for the Italian clubs, um, it's better to focus on getting that third-place finisher. The teams you mentioned, Lazio is pretty much out of it. Uh, Fiorentina is definitely uh, a contender for that. Inter is, you know, fighting with uh, Fiorentina for that spot, but I think it's going to come down to Roma and Fiorentina. I also think Milan has a good outside shot. They don't have to worry about playing in Europe. Uh, they've been playing much better recently for the first time. You know, I feel like they have an identity since Allegri left. So I think it's going to come down to Fiorentina, Roma, and Milan. And I think uh, Milan's going to make a really good challenge uh, the rest of the way. Um, but I agree with you. I think it's going to be very tough to get that spot through the Europa League because of the other clubs you mentioned. Yeah, big, 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 big teams left in the in the round of 32. In the Europa League. All right, David, let's, let's talk about China. Uh, and I do have one MLS related question. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but let's talk about China sure. and the impact of the Chinese on the transfer market. Um, a number of players have been enticed by, by the big money. When you, and obviously you, you, you deal with a lot of, uh, of transfer rumors. How, how much of a shock to this, to the transfer market and the system has China's money been? Um, definitely very shocking for people that haven't been following this for the past few years. You know, I wrote an article about two weeks ago on, you know, this has been a gradual build for China. You know, I go back that it started with the Beijing Olympics. Then we saw, you know, NBA players like Stefan Marbury head to China, uh, make good money there. Uh, then with soccer, we saw Italy's national, the coach that won the World Cup, uh, Marcello Litti, he headed to China and was kind of the pioneer for football there. It's not surprising that his son is an agent and Lippi, you know, saw a great business angle here. Uh, we saw a couple of Italian players go there. Gilardino, you know, was linked to Montreal Impact and decided to go to China. We saw Diamanti go there as well. But recently now we're seeing just a boom of fairly big names going. Um, you know, it started with Guarín and Gervinho, you know, who are pretty good players in Serie A, especially Gervinho. Then we saw Jackson Martinez, who just last summer went Atletico for a huge transfer fee. Then we saw Ramirez, who's a very valuable player on Chelsea, you know, leave in the middle of the season to go play in China. And to me, though, the biggest, um, the shockiest move was Alex Teixeira. Here's a player that both Liverpool and Chelsea were trying yeah. very hard to sign, and he picked going to China over these two big clubs. Um, you know, I've been following transfers for a long, long time. You know, one thing that I've noticed, the constant is most players go where they are paid the most. That's just the bottom line. Not all, but most do. Um, you know, I, I'm a big Italian soccer fan. Had someone told me, you know, 10, 12 years ago that the biggest stars on Milan would go play in France at PSG, I would have laughed. But uh, things change, and players usually follow the money. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and really, again, I, I want to convey this message because I think, you know, the, the, the era of romantic romanticism when it comes to player loyalty or the notion that players should always look for the biggest challenge or the most uh, the most opportunity to play for the biggest silverware is it's a nice idea david but really these guys a lot of them they know that it could be one wrong step and their career could be over no problem with anyone if china's going to offer this much money they should absolutely run and take it i i completely agree and you know it might sound cynical to say but when you're a fan and i'm a fan too you know, soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, is a passion and a hobby, and we get very passionate about it. But for most players, I would say the vast majority, 
it's a job and it's a job with a very short career span. And, you know, you're, you're one injury away from whatever contract you're on being your last significant one. So to me, it's not surprising. I look at a guy like Lavezzi, who's been playing for PSG, yeah. started in the last World Cup final. He was linked to Chelsea and Inter. They made him good offers. But China basically offered him three times as much. You know, here's a guy that's 30 years old. It was a no-brainer for him to go. We also saw Teixeira, who's a younger player. He had offers to play in England, and he was playing in the Ukraine. He wasn't on a big stage. He could have gone to a big stage at a club like Liverpool or Chelsea and instead followed the money to China. These guys are professionals, you know. Uh, in every walk of life, sometimes, you know, if they offer you more money elsewhere, you're going to consider it. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you uh, and I say you in the general sense, the people out there, if you have an opportunity <clears throat> to get a, you know, to, to get a, a gigantic raise, you, you probably take it. Um, last thing here, sorry, David. Let, let me ask you about the the managerial situation at Chelsea, only because. A couple sure. of a couple of Italian names have been connected to it. Certainly Allegri, but also uh, also Antonio Conte. Is this a situation where Conte is going to take Italy to the Euros, do whatever, and then end up uh, on the sideline for Chelsea next year? It's possible. Uh, you know, I definitely think Conte is going to go back to coaching clubs. You know, we've talked about it in the past. Uh, he really likes to be with the players every day. He's been doing the Italy thing for two years. He's been complaining the whole time he doesn't have enough players. It's certainly a big market for him. Um, I think, you know, if I was Chelsea, that would be kind of the guy that I would zero in just because of the way he turned Juve around. Uh, Chelsea is somewhat in a similar situation than when Juve was when he took over. Uh, then, as you mentioned, there's Allegri. He's in the contract with Juve through the end of next season, 217. Um, you know, on one hand, if he wins the Scudetto, I just don't know how much more he would have to prove in Italy. He showed he could replace Conte. The following years, he shows he can win without Tavis, Pierlo, and Vidal. At that point, it's like, how much more do you have to prove? Uh, you know, he could try to stay to win the Champions League, but that's really such a crapshoot. Um, Juve, you know, is a great club. They'd love to keep him long-term and make him kind of their new Lippi. So that's certainly possible. But I would say Conte has a little bit of a better chance because he's not under contract. The other candidates that I know of are Simeone at Atletico. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, very similar to Mourinho. And so is Conte. And then a uh, former Chile manager, Sampaoli, who is also a free agent, so you don't have to worry about him being under contract. So I think it's going to come down to one of those four. Mm -hmm. Me, personally, I would try to go for Conte or Simeone if I was Chelsea. There you go. David Emoyal. Follow him on Twitter at David M. Not that he needs any more Twitter followers at 44,000 <laughs> and change. Do, do not be fooled. There are many imposters. The last time I checked, there were a bunch <laughs> of imposters. I don't know. David, how do you manage to attract so many fake uh, David Emoyal accounts? I don't even understand that. I, I don't know what it is. You know, I have to say you know, people now really transfer news is now becoming a year-round thing. There's just really huge passion for it. You know, I'm lucky to work with who I think is the best of the business, uh, my friend Gianluca Di Marzio, you know, and because I do most of his news in English and sometimes my own news, you know, I attract a lot of followers. And, yeah, the impersonators always uh, cracks me up. Uh, it can be a little <laughs> bit disturbing at times, but... Uh, uh, I certainly appreciate everyone's support on Twitter. I try to answer everyone, so um, I really appreciate everyone's support. There you go. Uh, David Amoyal, A-M-O-Y-A-L on Twitter. Do not accept any uh, any <laughs> substitutions, uh, and check out Gianluca DiMarzio's uh, English language page for David's work as well. David, thank you, uh, thank you very much. Appreciate it, and we'll talk to you soon.
Great. Thanks so much for having me on. And as always, thank you for talking about Serie A and Italian football. There you go. David's uh, David's out of here on a Thursday. We will be back and we'll take some of your phone calls and squeeze those in on a Thursday. It's Soccer Morning. Backheel.com. Welcome to Soccer Morning. Here's your host, Jason Davis. All right, we are getting ready to close out a Thursday edition of the program. A reminder, we are not here tomorrow. I am off tomorrow. Just a quick, long weekend jaunt, and then we'll be back on Monday. Um, I may be very tired on Monday, but we will be back here. I will be sitting in this chair you will be calling me up like you are right now. 646-832-3909. This is the portion of the show, which I don't think I've ever outlined it this clearly. But we are on the air for as long as you want us on the air up until a certain, man, eh, there's a limit. It's about 20 after the hour that we really can't push it any further. But if you don't call, we wrap it up. Because I'm here for you. This is about you. We've had two excellent guests today. Thank you very, uh, very much again to... Wes Burdine and David Amoyel for their contributions to today's program. Two very different areas of the game. Why well, I love this show. Man, I love doing this show. I get to talk about MLS names and stadiums and, and, and expansion. And then I get to talk about Serie A and, and the Champions League and the Europa League and, and coaching moves in Europe. It's great. It is really, really great. And I know not everybody is interested in both of those things. But man, one of the things I like about this show too is that if you are even a little bit open-minded, you may find yourself being intrigued. And you don't have to, here's a, this is one of the most amazing things about this sport, okay? You don't have to watch every league. You don't have to watch Serie A games regularly. You, you probably have watched a couple or maybe you catch, uh, Roma or Juventus in the Champions League, but you don't have to watch the leagues to be interested in that version of the game. Like you don't have to watch Syria week in and week out in order to have an interest in Syria on some level. Let's go down to Bill uh, up in New York. Hey, Bill. Hey, Jason. I know you have no time. The show's ending. I wanted to call tomorrow when you have your free-for-all and you'll take any call. <laughs> so I know this is going to be a little off-cue on what you're talking no, about. No, no, right no, man. That's, look, the, the, the phone lines are open. I mean, you jump in with anything you want. We'll, we'll happily take it. So go ahead, Bill. All right, and I'll do these quick for you. I want we uh, there's a group of friends of mine. There's about ten of us. We never see each other except for the Red Bulls games. We meet each other twenty right. times a year, and this year we decided to meet before the season starts to plan out our away games and everything else. And we're also going to do predictions. So I'm going to throw out ten questions for you. If you could just give me one answer real quick, sure. I want to put it down. I want to add right. it in on our discussion. This oh, man. We meet All right, up. put me on the spot, Bill. All right, let's go. I'm ready. Right. I'm putting you on the spot. First place in the East. Uh, New York Rebels. First place in the West. Uh, I will say, wow, uh, first place in the West. That's that's a little tougher. Let, I, I haven't gone through. I, I got to do this. Here's the thing, too. I got to do this for, for ESPN coming up, so I, I should probably be thinking about these things. I will <laughs> say first place, FC Dallas. I mean, I know that's, that's chalk from last year, but I expect them to be good again, so I'll go with FC Dallas. Support a shield. Uh, but let's give it to Dallas this year. 
MLS Cup. MLS Cup champion in 2016. Columbus Crew. Last place in the East. Last place in the East is going to go to... Man, the fire got a lot of work to do. Uh, I will say the Philadelphia Union. Oh, I was going to say Philly. You had that shirt on. You changed my mind. I went with Chicago. Ah, Uh, Last place in the West. Last place in the Western Conference. Ah. Rapids are so bad. I'm going to go with the Rapids again. They didn't do anything. They, they, they added some. I, I'm, they, I'm, different uh, on, I'm different on every choice you picked so far. Who'd you, who, who'd you pick in the? Who'd you pick last in the West, Bill? Houston. Wow. Okay. I I I, I just I, I don't see them doing anything. I, okay. I didn't see anything really. Fair enough. They I, have, I don't know. I, I don't get them. They those 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 shirts are nice though. Those jerseys are nice. Have you seen those? With the, I do like it. Yeah, that's I do nice. like it, Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I do. I know. I'm I know. Be wearing black in the summertime when it's 110 <laughs> degrees. That's a very good point, Bill. That's a very good point. It's right. kill it's, That's why they were coming last because they're wearing black shirts. Uh, I'm, hold on a second. Let me. Yeah, I'm gonna stick with the Red Bulls. I just don't think consistency wise. Okay, I'm just thinking about some of these choices. I am gonna take. I'm, I'm gonna stick with the crew. For MLS Cup, I like them a lot, but but there's a very good chance it comes out of the West again. It could be Vancouver, but anyway, go ahead, Bill. Sorry. Yeah, I, I picked Toronto first place in the East. I wow, think incri- I think what they did is incredible. Yeah, they've added so some many pieces, things. Right? Yeah, they've added. You know, if that's the thing, if if Toronto gives up ten less goals than they did last year, they're probably first place in the Eastern Conference. So yeah, and I think they will. Yeah, I think their defense has improved. I, they've improved everywhere. Um, all right, let me Golden Booth. Gold. Uh, by the way, the guy who gave me the uh, the, the Union shirt, Mike Bashoff on Twitter, he's saying he's taking it back because I picked him last in the <laughs> East. Uh, Golden Boot in 2016. Um, wow. Uh, let me say... Hmm. Man, I picked Agadella last year, so uh, I was obviously way, way off on that one. Um, shoot. I don't. I don't want to go. Just, Come on out. Well, I don't want to. I just don't want to. I want to. I don't want to go with Javinko again, even though I think he's going to have another great year. Uh, because I think you that's that, that's you have to. You that's have to go with Javinko. I, I think that that team is so good, and that, and now when they add the players out there, and like they're adding Will Johnson, I think Will Johnson's going to help him yeah. out. I, I I just think he's. I think Javinko is going to come in first, and I think Josie's going to come in second. Has that ever happened in MLS? The top two scorers from the same team. I don't think so. I can't remember that ever happening. But uh, you know, uh, it's, yeah, no, I, I don't think that's. Um, I don't know. Donovan and Keane, did they ever come close to one two? Probably not. I mean, Donovan slowed down in goal scoring at the end of his career was more of an assist guy. So I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, I think the top two guys could be from Toronto. That's crazy. This year. That would be crazy, Bill. All right, fine. now I'll go with Chalk. My last, my last two are Red Bull ones. All right. Oh, so who'd you say for? I'll, I'll, I'll take Javinko. I just don't. There's not a better candidate. Again, I, I don't like picking the same. I don't like picking the same teams to win each conference as last year, even though I think Dallas is good and gotten better. Uh, I mean, I don't think a Rudy is an upgrade over, over Perez. And then uh, New York, I just think constant continuity matters. So, yeah, anyway, go ahead. I, just, I, 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 I don't want to be the guy picking chalk, but I am the guy picking chalk. <laughs> my, well, my, my first place teams from the East and West, I went all Canada. I went Toronto, Vancouver. Okay, well, those aren't bad picks at all. All right, so what was the the last two, the Red Bull? Now, Golden Booth for Red Bulls. I mean, it's 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 BWP. I mean, how can it not be BWP? 
I think it has to be Verone. If this team is going to move, take a step in the right way, their DP that they signed last year, well, this guy has okay, got there's a, that's a, this a different question, but whether it has to be Verone, it's going to be BWP. He, he's the guy who puts himself in the best, himself in the best spots to score goals. He's the guy who gets in on, in the, on, be, on the end of the Royd Sam crosses. This is good. My friends always think all I do is repeat everything you say, so I'm going with a different <laughs> answer. I like it. All right. Well, well that's, see, you're being, hope, many, you're being hopeful on Verone. Let's just make that clear. Not, you're not using your, your head. You're using your heart on Verone. That's fine. That's fine. Go ahead. And, and I almost think when we're spending money like a small market team the way we are, that when we sign DPs, they have to work. Yeah. No, so I'm, really, right. I'm hoping that these guys know what they're doing. And they did last year, and I hope this works out. Okay. I, got, I, 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 I got to run, Bill, so let's do the last one. All right, last one. How many points do we get from New York City this year? How many points? Um, I think they're going to improve. I'll put them on 45 points this year. No, no, but how many points are we going to get? Oh, we how many are the Red Bulls? from them last year. How uh, many are you going to take from New York City? You'll take seven points from, the, from NYCFC this year. I, think they're, I, I, I can oh. see a draw. I can see one draw. All right. Uh, I like that. I, I actually, I hadn't split all the way down the road. I don't think I, there. Look, NYCFC is going to be better. And I've seen a proposed lineup for them that they trotted out maybe in preseason. And they, they, look, they got some guys. But I, I, I just don't think that, you know, Vieira in his first year, the, the limitations of, of Yankee Stadium's field, some of those other things, they're going to have their, their hiccups. Bill, I got to run, man. I appreciate the call. Jason, thank you. My friends will have a good laugh about All right, this. There you go. Bill up in New York. Uh, excuse me, asking me about some questions. I've got a couple of calls I want to get in before we run. Uh, Roberto in Connecticut, you're on the air. Hey. Hey, Jason. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Uh, I was just wondering if you could pull up quickly the, uh, the team teams like the four parts of the Copa America and pick a group of deaths for the United States. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I heard the group of death question. What was the first question? I want to, no, I'm saying pull out the um, the draws oh. for the um, oh a group of death for the U.S. Uh, okay, that's question and an easy group. Uh, the, I, I did an easy group this morning at the, uh, at the top of the show, but I'll do that again here in a second. The worst possible group for the United States. I'm going to say it's a toss up between Colombia and and Uruguay. Although I'm not underrating Chile. Don't get, don't get me wrong. I think anybody but Ecuador out of pot or two. Ecuador. Well, I, I think Ecuador is the weakest of the of the four teams out of pot two. Okay. Really? Well, really? I mean, it's a toss-up. The top of the World Cup qualifiers. Okay. I mean, what, 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 what round are they in? That's a really oh. long process down in Commonwealth. I'm not saying that they're not good. Well, it's, a good it's a good start, too. It's, sure, yeah, it's anyway, a good start. Yeah, they're, okay. all, they're all tough. They're, they're all tough. tough. I mean, you really take your pick out of pot two, it's going to be a tough out. That's going to be the favorite in the yeah. USA group. Yeah. That Pot two's team, Colombia, Chile, Ecuador, or Uruguay, is going to be the favorite in the USA's group. Pot three, the worst possible of those four is Costa Rica. There's no doubt about that. Pot, f- pot four, I don't think it really, I mean, I would say Paraguay is probably the toughest out. Maybe Peru. Par- uh, Paraguay or Peru are the toughest uh, two teams in that group. If you get Bolivia or Venezuela, you feel pretty good. Uh, so it's, yeah, of course. it's USA, anybody out of pot two, but, you know, maybe Uruguay, Ecuador, uh, Ecuador maybe, I mean, Colombia's got talent. Uh, Costa Rica and per- uh, Peru, probably. The easiest possible group is USA. I, I threw out Ecuador. If you want to say Chile, that's fine. If you want to say Colombia, that's fine. Those are still really tough teams. Again, those are the favorites. Haiti and Venezuela, probably. Do you think that it's possible if they have a group at that thing um, that they can finish first, or are you still not confident enough? Uh, they're going to be, I think, I think make, getting through in second place is pretty much the best you can hope for. 
I mean, it's not impossible for them to win a group if they take a draw off of the pot two team, but I just don't see that happening. I mean, I just don't see them winning the group in any of these, in, in any scenario. I, I, Colombia is the favorite. You don't see them winning the group at all. No, I mean, Chile, Colombia, Ecuador, Uruguay, those are all the favorite. All four of those teams are the favorite to win the group, no matter who the United States draws. So I don't, I don't see them winning the group. In fact, I mean, I think it's going to be really hard for Mexico to win their group as well. Uh, Brazil, Argentina, it's a little bit of a different story, obviously. Hmm. No, no, I mean, uh, I'd imagine that maybe the United States, you know, given the, the size of the tournament and you want to perform on home soil, against these strong nations that sure. they want to go home. Well, okay, but here's, here's the, the thing. that in, in order to win the group, the United States is going to probably have to draw against the pot two team. That's possible. Yes. They, that's possible. But then they're probably going to mm-hmm. have to wax the pot three and pot four teams. I mean, we're talking about, you know, two nothing, three nothing type score lines, three one type score lines in order to, 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 to have goal difference over the pot two team. And I just, I don't know if I see that. What's good about it is that they open the tournament with the top, with the pot two team as well. Well, then we'll, they'll know exactly what they need to do, right? Because you would have, Absolutely. you would have any pot two team as major favorites over the rest of those, those, uh, those teams, the 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 pot three and pot four team. So the pot two team, and it's it's all about USA and whoever they get out of pot two. Absolutely. All right, I got to run. And the goal is to get out. Yeah, yeah no, no worries, Jason. Thank you. Appreciate it, Robert. Uh, Roberto, excuse me. It's going to be interesting. The draw is happening on Sunday. We'll know on Monday. We'll spend a lot of time talking about it. Al, you're the last call of the day. What's up? Hey, what's going on? Not much. Just want to talk about this situation with um, Minnesota. And their use of their name, I think it's just outrageous for them to being told that they have to give up their name because of a, because of an NFL owner yep. complaints about it. Yep, I agree with you. And that's I part. Think of, I think it's ridiculous. And that's part of the problem right now. You know, I, you know, MLS is doing well, but the problem is you got some of these NFL owners who just kind of just barge in and tell some of the owner, other owners, hey. This is our name. We picked it, and anything else. I don't you know. Can't I, have well, that. I, look, I don't know if Arthur Blanks is because Arthur Blanks an NFL owner, or because he's just got a lot of cash, and he's coming into the league. He's coming into MLS as a, an as a big figure. I mean, certainly, look, the Crafts have big pull in MLS. We know that. Um, you know, uh, you've you've got AEG. He's got big pull. He's not an ML, an NFL owner these days. I don't think that Kroenke's got big pull in MLS, even though he's an NFL owner. I think that it's not about NFL owners. It's about the attitude of Arthur Blank and, and sort of the rest of MLS or, or, or uh, certainly Don Garber sort of, um, you know, deferring to that guy. And yeah, Don Garber's a former NFL guy. So maybe there is something to that a little bit, Al. Yeah, I think there's something to that. You know, these owners who got big money and everything else and who uh, do other sports ownership um, ownership from other sports leagues and anything else, and they just go ahead and just barge in and tell the, the small owners in the league, hey, I have the rights to this name and anything else. Don't you use that when you know you guys are using it from a lower, a low, a lower league, league and everything. Yeah. I think it's just ridiculous. It is, Al. I appreciate the call, man. i got to run. We're going to wrap up this edition of Soccer Morning. Thank you very much to Al, Roberto, Bill. You guys are great callers. All of you regulars, uh, good stuff there. I don't know. Has everybody got a shirt name? I mean, shirt name, shirt number? I'm not sure if Alan, Roberto, and Bill all have. I know, whatever. Somebody has one. All right, we, we got to run. My apologies to anybody else who's trying to get in. We've got to get ready for the Sirius XM show. If you have a subscription, go listen to us over there. Reminder, we are not here tomorrow. 
taking a long weekend. We'll be back on Monday. We'll talk about the Copa America draw and everything else that happens on the weekend. Thank you very much to David Amoyel and to Wes Burdine. We'll see you. Bye.